You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. The wait is over. Christmas is finally here. And, uh, you know, we know it's not about the presents, but boy, we sure do like to get presents, don't we? We like to get presents on the morning. Um, So what are you waiting for? What are you looking forward to tonight or tomorrow? Um, Waiting for Christmas can be hard. It can be a challenge. And and what if you have to wait a lifetime for Christmas? What if you had to wait a thousand years? What if you had to wait 1,500 years? Well, that's exactly what happened in the Bible. From the first time that Messiah was announced that Jesus would be coming, it was 1,500 years before Jesus finally came. In Luke, there are two people in the Christmas story that are rarely ever talked about, and we're going to talk about them real uh, quickly, and then we're going to let you go tonight. Now, these two people are named um, Simeon and Anna. These are two people in the Christmas story that don't really show up on the cards or under the tree or in the nativity. So let's take a look at them. You won't find them very many places, but they were waiting for Christmas morning their whole life. Uh, so 2,000 years ago, the infinite became an infant. The creator walked among his creation, and the giver of breath breathed air. And then it happened. Luke chapter 2, verse 22, it came time for the parents to consecrate their child unto uh, the father. So this is what happened. Verse 22, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus, baby Jesus, him, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now this is 40 days since he was born. That's the time of purification. And what happened is circumcision. You can ask your parents about that later. They would love to tell you all about it. Well, Jesus, uh, it was interesting. He could have uh, been excused from this symbol because this was a symbol that you were set apart or that you were born in sin. But, but really, what happened is that even as a baby, Jesus was identifying himself as a sinner, even though he was without sin. And he did this later as, at his baptism and at the cross as well. So 40 days since his birth, verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout man. He was waiting waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. That word consolation means comfort. He was waiting for the day when Israel would get some relief, some comfort from the oppression that they were all experiencing on a daily basis. The first guy, the first person we want to talk about on this odd Christmas story night of those that waited for Christmas that it finally came was Simeon. And what was he waiting for? Well, Israel, alike today, is still and was then in complete political chaos and conflict all the time. I mean, even right now, there's riding in the streets over whether Jerusalem will be the capital of Israel or not. Uh, and at the time of Simeon, there was poverty, there was oppression, there was incredible violence. Uh, they were looking for peace, they were looking for comfort, they were waiting for the one who would come and save them, they were waiting for the Messiah, and that was the night. The night that he just happened to be there, that guy, that baby walked into the room. So Simeon had good reason to be anxious for that anticipation. Look at this verse 26. It had been revealed to him, to Simeon, by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, God told Simeon, he said, man, you're getting old, man. 
You're going to see him. You're going to live to see the Messiah. You're going to put your eyes on the one who will deliver the world and Israel as well. This promise was a comfort to him. And every day he went to the temple looking for the Messiah. And he didn't miss it because he was right where he was supposed to be. Are you restless? Are you like Simeon just waiting and looking for consolation, for comfort, for peace? Are you waiting for that gap, that, that moment of pause? Are you worried that you maybe missed what God has for you? Are you worried that maybe the chance for your future has been missed by some poor choices of the past? Maybe that you missed an opportunity? Look at verse 27, moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple courts. God moved on him to get up and go to church. God moved on Simeon to get up and get to church. God had something life-changing for him there. And the same applies for you today. Every weekend, and there's something waiting here for you. The Lord is speaking through our church and through the people in our church and through the leadership and through the scriptures. And he's waiting here for you to come and to meet with him. If he had decided to come, uh, to not come and stay home, he might have missed Jesus. This is what happened. So when the parents brought the child Jesus to him, what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. He held him. He held Jesus. He held the one that he was looking for his whole life. He was holding Emmanuel. And he said this, Simeon said, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. That means I've seen everything God you fulfilled your promise. I'm ready to die. Whenever that day comes, Simeon says, my life has been full. God has done exactly what he said he would do. I can die now. Truth be said, verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations alike, the revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of the people of Israel. God comforts and fully shows himself big. This is something that Simeon teaches us about Christmas, is that God always keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. God not only fulfills the promises of prophets, but he also fulfills the individual promises of your heart. Here's what's kind of cool about the story in Simeon, is that Jesus was a fulfillment of promise for the world, but he was also a fulfillment of promise for one person. Simeon never saw Jesus grow up. He never saw the cross. He never saw the resurrection. Never saw a single miracle of Jesus. Never saw him feed 5,000 or raise the dead. He never saw any of it. But he lived to see the moment where he walked into the room and got to hold the Messiah in his very midst. I want to tell you something. God cares about your promises and your life just as much as he cares about mine and just as much as he cares about any person or any character in the Bible. And he will keep that promise. He's faithful to his word, and he can be trusted. So all fear, rejection, loneliness, all regret, all hopelessness was erased from Simeon's mind when he met Jesus. The rescuer had come. Here's the second person. The child's father and the mother marveled at what was said about him. You can imagine Mary and Joseph might have been freaking out. A total stranger picks up their child and begins to praise God. And, you know, we, we've gone places when the well in summer were small. We've gone to, like, mission trips in certain uh, cultural places. 
and, and people will just come up, they, when our girls were little, they would come up and, and tweak their cheeks and, and, and play with their hair and touch their face, and they would like rub their face, complete strangers would rub their face and say prayers and stuff, and we're like, this is just really weird, you know? It's, it's not culturally something we grew up uh, understanding and knowing, but, but could you imagine this man just taking this, their baby out of Mary's arms and shouting and praising unto God? I'm sure it was quite odd for them. How would you feel if someone picked up your kids and started jumping up and down and shouting? Right? So verse 34, Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be great, uh, that will be spoken against. He says, this is not, that's not your typical Christmas song, Mary, says it. And verse 35 is hard. He says, so that the thoughts of hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your soul too. He says, you know what? Jesus is going to have an incredibly powerful life that your heart is going to break over his life. It's going to be hard for you. His life will bring pain to your heart. Here's where the next person. There was also a prophet named Hannah. This is what's kind of cool. Is this is a woman of leadership, a woman who heard from God, who was a prophet. That means she heard God speak and she spoke God's word by the, by the Spirit of God. So this woman, Anna, the daughter of Penelope from the tribe of Asher, she was very old. I must say very old. Don't look at anybody. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And she was a widow until she was 84. So she's 84 years old. She's been a widow almost all of her life. In that culture, you get married about 15 to 16. And her husband died seven years after she was married. So she never remarried and lived her entire life as a single mother and as a woman of, of, of trial and struggle. She never remarried, but she had the Lord. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, and she fasted and she prayed. You know, she, the church family became her family. Single for roughly 62 years, alone, and a powerful woman of faith. This is what happened to her in 38. Uh, verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, she just happened to be where God can intervene and meet in her life. Uh, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So here's the parents. They just leave Simeon. Like, you know, that was weird. That was strange. And all of a sudden, another woman of prophet says, Messiah, begins to shout and picks him up and starts, you know, Getting excited and starts praising God, she started running around and telling people that he was the one. Anna is a great reminder, I love this, that God takes care of his kids. And that he provides even what seems the, the, the darkest parts of their life when no one else knows what you're going through when you feel alone. Anna reminds us that God has not forgotten you. Here's a woman who's been a widow for 62 years. God has not forgotten her. And let me tell you something. God has not forgotten you. He's not forgotten you. You can be in this room and feel like you're all alone. God has not forgotten you. And Christmas is that reminder, <coughs> just like Anna, that God has not forgotten you. Maybe you can identify with Simeon or Anna, lonely, empty, afraid, maxed out, waiting, wondering, when will this be over? For Simeon and Anna, Christmas wave was over. And they saw beheld Jesus with their own eyes. Like Simeon, you have not missed what God has for you. And like Anna, God has not forgotten you. 
is over because Christmas is here. That song we sang earlier, Joy in the World the Lord Has Come, let earth prepare him room. Two things in that song that I want us to, 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 to pray about, and then we're going to sing a last carol we're going to celebrate with our families tonight, is that song reminds me of two things. Number one, the Lord has come. God has come. You can have joy because the Lord has come. And Luke 2, 10, it says, this is declared good news for all people. That means this is for you. The Lord has come for you. For you in this room, there's not a single one here. The Lord has come for you. The second part is found in this right here. This is, this is joy for everyone. The way is over for white, black, brown, red, green, polka dot people. It doesn't matter. The rich, the poor, the popular, the nobodies. This is hope. This is joy for everybody. And then the second part of the song says, The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And so not only has the Lord come, but this is my challenge to you tonight, is that will you prepare him room? Will you prepare him room in your heart, in your life? Have you received the king? Is Jesus the Lord of your life, of your heart, of your home? You know, Christmas is like a homing device. You know what I'm talking about? It's like all of a sudden the holidays come and, and every, this homing device gets tripped and this internal GPS says, I need to go home. I need to see my family. I need to see somebody. I need to be with my kids or with my spouse or with my mom or with my dad. I need to be with my family. I need to be with the people who know me best, that homing device. And we'll do anything to get home. Planes, trains, automobiles, jet skis. You guys remember that movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? That's so, he goes, those are pillows. That's my favorite line of the whole movie. All right, anybody doesn't know what that is, you will when you watch it. All right. But we get this homing device where we want to get home. In a real way, Jesus left his home to get you home for Christmas. Jesus left his home in heaven. He left the glory and the splendor of the throne of God. And he lay in simple farm virtue for you. Jesus willingly left home so that we could get home to him. That aching, gnawing restlessness that we have, that continued pursuit of happiness, is the hole in our soul that only Jesus can fill. God came to us. Will you prepare him? Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.